Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword lovesport. Oh, fellas, you've missed your cue. Come on. Every week this comes out and you start the show with your chanting. You've not done it this time. It's because Stand Up and Sing for Leeds United, John McKenzie is literally standing up here in the studio. He can't wait to get going. He's all antsy. Man, all right? I'm a busy He's man. He's a busy, busy man. This is the Leeds United fan show, of course, here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? Hello, John. Hello. <laughs> He's leaning now over into his mic. Joined. By Daniel Maroney again. Hello, Daniel. How's it going? Very good, thank you. Great to have you on the show, gents. Looking forward to the next hour. Of course, we are going to be reflecting on that rather bizarre game at Ellen Road earlier in the week against Millwall. First victory of 2020, of course. Buzzing to chat about that. We're going to be looking ahead uh, to the games coming up at the weekend, of course. Uh, we're going to be speaking to Nesta Watach, a freelance journo who appears in Leeds Live. Adam Pendlebury will be on the line as well. And then your trusty listener, questions we had loads this week really absolutely loads inundated yeah so sorry we're not going to be able to get through all of them but we we we've done done our, done our best as always lovely stuff okay well we will start as we usually start john and please an opening stat if you will yes um i've sorry, caught him I've off left, guard i've left my running order in the in the uh, in the green room <laughs> so uh yeah i actually got uh, an opening stat from one of our listeners actually who uh emailed in this week to talk to me a little bit about um this the sort of urban myth um as it were that that leeds united um ruin their opponents when they play them so this question of whether or not uh, teams play much worse after playing against Leeds than they than they do before uh, and he's produced some really interesting data so what he did is he looked at the five games that the oppositions played before they played Leeds and worked out the average points they took from those games 
and then he looked at the the points differential between their average points before the game and the points from the game after they played Leeds. Does that make sense? Your eyes are closed there. I've got you. I'm with you. Um, And what we found out, I did a little bit more crunching with his numbers, and what I found out is that in home games, Mm -hmm. when... uh, when teams play Leeds um, beforehand, they have an average points per game of 1.3. And after they play Leeds, they have an average points of 0.95. Um, and away games beforehand, uh, before they play Leeds, they have an average points per game of 1.4. And, and the game after they play Leeds, they have an average points of 1.13 uh, um, points per game. So... Uh, essentially, in in both cases, there is there is a significant drop in in performance after in the game after they play Leeds. So this is a significant drop in the opposing team's mm. performance. So, sorry, the the theory was that teams perform better the second time around. No, no, the theory was that that teams play against Leeds and then almost invariably lose. So there were, last season in particular, lead teams would play against Leeds and the next week they would lose, um, and. I guess we've always sort of said, you know, we don't really know if there's anything in it. But this research, so this research was done by a guy called Jason Pend- uh, Middleton, who goes by the wonderful name of Reginald Glovebox on Twitter. Um, I was disappointed to find out his name wasn't actually Reginald. But um, I like the fact you nearly called him Jason Pendleton. Is that like a famous <laughs> estate agent? Isn't it an estate agent? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Looking to buy, are you, mate? Moving on from the continual yeah, cruising license. <laughs> Oh dear, but yeah. So it does seem as though that there is a, a noticeable difference between teams' points per game before they play Leeds and their points per game after they play Leeds. Interesting, Daniel. Yes. What an opening <laughs> stat to start the show. I tell you what. I mean, listen. They are all they, these stats blow my mind. I know you say that sometimes my eyes glaze over, but I was just trying to understand I don't think exactly I des- what that I don't was. I don't think I described it very well. More well, the than re- anything, the so. recent one was Sheffield Wednesday, wasn't it? Mm, Where yeah. they, they well, that would count as a hope. Part of the home stats for that. Where I guess so, yeah. Yeah, well, we we won, t- uh, we won, they won two nil, and then the next game they get beat. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they lost. They went on a losing run after that, didn't they? Yeah. Wednesday. So there are, there are a few teams where you can actually trace a turn in yeah. in form after the, their performance against Leeds. So but that's just the immediate game after, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. just the immediate okay. game. So yeah. Okay, well, look, let's talk about the game against Millwall earlier on in the week, fellas, because what a game, and so important as well to get those points considering Brentford losing against Nottingham Forest. So, I mean, listen, that was uh, weren't really going to win either way, depending on the result there. But West Brom losing away to Cardiff City as well. That was massive. And for a while, two goals down against the Lions at Ellen Road. It was not looking good. 25 minutes in as well, by the way. And then the man stepped up the Banff to save everyone's blushes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say I told you so, but I kind of <laughs> did, didn't I, really? In I what did. sense? Well, I think, I believe it was on last week's show that I said, you know, there's nothing intrinsic in, in finishing ability that um, suggests that, that that there's something innate that a player is good at. And um, it could be the case that Patrick Bamford goes on a scoring run. So, I mean, hopefully that continues, that scoring run. But, you know, a couple of couple of uh, goals and, make, and uh, everything's looking great at Leeds now. Is it looking great, Daniel? Is everything looking great? Because, you know, like I said, 23 minutes in, 2-0 down against the Millwall side who have been performing very well under Gary Rowe. I think it was just two defeats in 16 prior to their cup game last weekend. Of course, it's now four defeats in 18. That would be by my maths. But 
they were looking good for a while. Jed Wallace running right again, scoring from the spot. The second goal, the equaliser from Hernandez, I have to say, bobbled in, took the deflection. But sometimes that's what you need. Yeah, it was going to be given a penalty anyway, um, which we would have missed. Uh, <laughs> based yeah, on recent absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it was very important, obviously, to uh, to turn that around. Completely unexpected as well, given Millwall's recent recent form. Um, and uh, yeah, there's, there's something to be said for Bamford's kind of positional awareness for those goals. Um, his reaction, reactive abilities. Uh, yeah. Can I ask, I, I haven't actually read into this. I haven't seen the reasons behind it. Does he just not like loud noises? What was the crack with the celebration? I don't really know. So he had both hands over his ears. I thought it was more of a, I'm not listening to well, your criticism. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, Roof got criticised a couple of years ago for doing it against, uh, when we came back against Bristol City, he put his fingers in his ears, and I think it's a variation on that one. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, that genre of celebration. <laughs> um, and I think the fans kind of interpret it as, oh, I can't listen, you know, oh, you're criticising me, you know. Uh, you know, yeah. But I think it's just, you know, kind of, oh, what, what a noise <laughs> from the cop end. Well, so I, I take the positive. Yeah. Positive side, but I don't think Bamford hates us. No, good. It's a good thing. We have to take the positives, of course. And yeah. one positive is that it's two points clear at the top of the table now, John. Yeah, I mean, we've we've just come out of one of our, I think, probably our worst run of the season. We two wins in eight, I think it was, um, going into this game um, or coming out of this game. And weirdly, it feels as though we've had one of our, well, we've had our worst run of the season, and we've ended up coming out on top, which, yeah. which is, I guess indicative of something I, I don't know what the old cliche is about grinding out results or signs of champions or something like that but um, it's certainly it's certainly the way I'd like to do it lose have a bad run and then end up positionally higher than we were before we went into that bad run so I think it's just one of those things where I think every week it feels as though we are worried about f- dropping out of the race and it becoming bad and it just hasn't happened so I think that it's got to a point now where everyone's just like can we just get on with this now be a little bit more consistent make sure we um, we, we we have a sort of run of consistent wins and, and hopefully that'll make the difference I know that we've got we've got to play in the, in the last I, I don't know how many games there are left in this season uh, but within those games we have to play six of the bottom the bottom six in fact um, at home, all of the bottom six at home. So, Seventeen, I think it is. Okay, so uh, I think there's something like we need to win nine games or ten games or something, but we've got to play the bottom six um, at home. So it, it's one of those things where you kind of think it looks daunting when you think about the, the how close it is, um, but when you actually look at you break it down um, and look at the, the the league table, it's actually everything is is set up for us to do well uh, it's as good a chance as we're going to get to to get promoted and and I think everyone's just kind of ready to be like right come on let's just get in gear now and, and power home okay so you're feeling slightly safer as a Leeds fan I don't know if I feel safer because midway through the game I was sat there me and my, my friend were watching it and we were like well we never thought they were going to get really uh, promoted this season anyway you know I, I genuinely don't think it's going to happen and then 45 minutes later everything everything looks different so we're only like a couple of losses away from being in that scenario again I think um, but uh, that said you know no one is really causing us any problems um, outside of the top too so I, I i think that it's it's just one of those things where it's easy to to try and like um uh, just speculate about what could happen but we we have the advantage it's up to the other teams to catch us up and and i think that the lead should just take that as a positive and, and try and build on it really okay well we're going to move on now we're going to look ahead to the game against wigan of course coming up at the weekend bit of transfer talk too just a quick update from the championship derby county currently leading stoke city goals from martin waghorn 
and Chris Martin putting them 2-0 up inside 25 minutes. And Reading currently winning at the Cardiff City Stadium. Yaku Mate with the opener. There, this is the Leeds United Fan Show on Love Sport. Do not go anywhere. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. It's the Leeds United Fan Show here on Love Sport. And me, Matt Beadle, with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? And Daniel Moroni joining us in the studio too. Gents, we're going to talk a bit of transfer business now of course it is deadline day it is a time a time in life where everybody seems to go bonkers and those seemingly in the know i shall say in inverted commas stand outside grounds where lights are off and gates are closed thinking that something's going to happen if you're so in the know surely you know that nothing is going to happen just a side note meza Urzel moving to arsenal on deadline day whenever it was what six or seven years ago now it's probably one of the worst things that could have happened on deadline day minus the dildo going into that journalist year by the way <laughs> but it's now given certain media outlets an excuse to just hang around outside grounds when nothing is going on I think especially in January I think we what we've seen is a, a, a sort of continentalization of, of the January trans- transfer window like for example in, in Germany barely anyone is bought or sold in um, in, in January because I think there's a realisation that you, you only buy or sell in January if you've made a mistake in, in your squad planning or if you had really bad injury issues. I think we're starting to see that more and more in, in, the, in the UK and I, I, for me it's a, I think it's definitely a good thing you know it is uh, and, and maybe it's a, a positive uh, a positive that's come out of the realisation that or, or the implementation of FFP laws as well that you can't just throw money at problems and, and fix them um, and so yeah, the, what we're seeing now is is a, a much more asset management based approach to squads thinking right who do we need where where are we strengthening who's coming to the end of a contract who's coming to the end of a career uh, and it, I think for me anyway it's a much more enjoyable experience when when football is a little bit more cerebral like that I agree I do think there's going to be a potential restructure I sound like a broken record at the moment but I do think that at some point they might have to have another look at this Daniel just to I don't know maybe try something different whether we need to try something different I don't know but you I feel like the approach you get from certain managers now they get asked day in day out week in week out on these press conferences and they always go no no news I'm good Jurgen Klopp today said look all go go home nothing's going to happen Pep Guardiola (laughs) no absolutely no news whatsoever but the questions continue to get asked and I just feel like managers now Frank Lampard today are kind of like look we're all good we don't need, like you say, someone that's perhaps not on form that we're going to get on a budget to try and G up. That's not what we're after. And we don't want to pay over the odds for someone that because he's coming to the Premier League or the Championship is going to cost us way more than he should do. Mm. And it comes from kind of Bielsa as well. We talk about him enough on this, I suppose. But his idea is that, you know, is there any point in bringing someone in when you've got the answers? Sorry, if you've got the answers in, in the squad already. Um, and, you know, obviously we didn't <laughs> in a couple of areas, but once we've sorted that, do we do we need, you know, another midfielder, another defender? He doesn't think so. And I think a lot of clubs are coming around to that kind of point of view, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, we have on the line now Nesta Watak, sorry, freelance journo, who regularly appears in Leeds Live and Planet Football. Hello, Nesta. Hey, good evening. You all right? Great to have you on the show, boss. I guess we'll start with a certain Jean-Kevin Augustin who has reportedly, uh, in news released this week, apparently after signing for Leeds, he rejected the opportunity to sign for United. I don't know how accurate rejected is, Manchester United that is, but apparently he'd already agreed with Leeds. It was going to move, and then United came in and said, no, 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 hey, 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 whoa, 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 sorry. I'm a Leeds United boy now. Yeah, no, I mean, you can't think of it that way to indeed yourself to Leeds United fans and to uh, turn down Manchester United. 
Um, it, was, it was pretty unheard of, really. I know that they're obviously not nearly what they were. Um, but, I mean, they, they need a striker. All the reports suggest that there was genuine interest in him sort of looking to hijack our deal at the 11th hour. And you sort of think, had he gone, I mean, he would have played a, probably a fair bit for them. They've got sort of different club competitions. They're still in the FA Cup and the Europa League. And, and that would have been a genuine chance for him to play at sort of that top echelon of, of the game. But it just shows kind of what BLS brings to us where, where we can attract players like that. Hey Nestor, it's John. Um, what you, what's your feeling on, on JK, as I'm calling him? Um, are, you, are you feeling positive about that transfer? Is that the transfer the Leeds needed? Well, I think it's a, it's a position that everyone was sort of clamouring for. Um, I think there was a bit of a collective meltdown within the fan base that we weren't getting a backup for Bamford, especially after those two defeats, uh, Sheffield Wednesday and QPR. Um, so, I mean, definitely like position in terms of the player. I can't pretend that I've watched loads of the Bundesliga or um, him at PSG or Monaco, but given the calibre, he's been at three proper top-level European clubs. It's kind of unheard of for a player with that kind of pedigree at, at this stage in his career to drop down to the championship. Mm. Um, I think, I mean, I was sort of racking my brains trying to think of, of any similar players that have, have done that sort of move. And literally the only one that I could think of that you could say is on a, a similar sort of scale would be Ruben Neves going down to um, mm. Wolves a couple mm. of years ago and see how that worked out for them. So, yeah. And it's, a, I guess, a, a fairly rare transfer window for, for us covering Leeds in that it, it doesn't seem to be, as you said, the 11th hour. It doesn't seem to be fraught. It doesn't seem as though the fan base are stressing out about the, the future. Uh, nice and calm. Yeah, no, it's funny. It's just sort of occurred to me that we've got well, the last three hours of the transfer window here and this time, this exact moment last year, everyone was sort of refreshing Twitter and trying to get a word from the club what the hell was going on with Dan James. And then you kind of got the reports come through over the night that it just wasn't going ahead, and that was just typical lead and something that didn't quite get us over the line, but might, well might have made the difference last year. And I think this year we've done the business we've needed to do. We've done it all right. I think what Angus Kinnear said we were going to go out and do it nice and early in the window, probably not as early as some fans might have liked, but we've done it without having to stress a good few days before the end of the window. And I think. Everyone feels a lot more positive around the club at the moment. Hi, Nestor, it's Daniel. Hi, you right. Um, just a quick question on the structure of the deal. Um, I think I'm right in thinking is it's about two or three million up front, and then is it 17 million in total? Because I know there was kind of reports it would be a record fee if we made it permanent. Well, I mean that's roughly the figures that sort of seem to be reported from um, from the insiders. So I kind yeah. of I trust those figures that. It would be 15 million in the event that we do go up. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of quite a big commit- commitment for us to make. But I think if you, given what he's done in his career, the kind of the goals he's scored, the under 19 Euros and, and things mm. like that, uh, I mean, it's only two years ago that he was regularly starting in the Champions League for, for Leipzig. So it just feels completely bizarre that he's, he's going to be starting at the top for us in the Championship soon. Um, so uh, if you think of it in that way and you think, it kind of the entire complexion of our transfer strategy and, and budget completely changes in the event that we win the Premier League. Uh, I know we've already kind of committed a fair bit to Pell de Costa. So you're kind of thinking, all right, in the event we do go up, we've kind of two big chunks already out of central business. But I think it's kind of maybe what you need to do, especially um, as you were talking about earlier with the way that um, the Championship finance has run these days. 
uh, I think doing these kind of loans up front and then potentially putting that money forward in the event that you do go up is, is the way to do it. Yeah, it's interesting. We seem to have gone for a different kind of tack with obviously Clark and Inketia. There was no illusion of them coming in on a permanent. Um, yeah. And obviously Pervader has come in on a, on a permanent um, free transfer, I believe. So do you think there's a conscious kind of change in strategy there to kind of be looking to the future to have someone you know that we could potentially bring in on a permanent? Because obviously Bielsa as well likes to work with um, players for you know a, lo- a long period of time. He, he put the trust in Harrison this season after last season. And obviously, even though it didn't work out with Inketia, he said I, I do want to. Work- I envisage working with him for a second season. Um, yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Oh, we've lost we've lost Nesta there. It sounds like he's he's swimming somewhere, sadly. We've lost Nesta. That was Nesta Wasak, a freelance journal who regularly appears in Leeds Live and Planet Football. Gents, let's pick up just quickly the John Kevin Augustan stuff again. Are we, are we saying JK, are we? Not JKA. JK, is that JK. what it's gonna be? That's yeah, just me. Fans. No everyone else is calling him Big Kev, which I it's not really my style, so I'm gonna stick with JK. Okay, JK, nice. Or Jean, Jean Kevin. Augustin. Augustin. Yeah, oui, yeah. Oui. So that's why I was, I was trying to add a bit of cultural flavour yeah, no, to the show, course. mate. You know, we've got to do that. You know? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to call him Jean Kevin. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I think we touched on this last week, didn't we, just with regards to his goals record. In terms of the past year and a half and league football alone, just 3-27. in 27. Yeah, I mean, there's there's lies, damned lies in statistics, right? Mm-hmm. And we get told that a lot on our channel and in much less flowery language, or much more flowery language, perhaps. And, and you, you bat it back. We bat, <laughs> we bat it back. You, you have to you have to look under the surface a little bit. Um, obviously, he's got a lot of appearances, but a lot of those appearances are coming off the bench. Um, so I think that, you know, I... I obviously every sort of transfer like that is going to come with some sort of risk attached there's no way that Leeds would be able to get a player of that sort of caliber unless there was that aspect of um question questioning about his about his career so that, that yeah that of course there's going to be a risk of what we what we're talking about is a player here who was was being spoken of we say this all the time but spoken of in the same breath as Kylian Mbappe um, was a was a child starlet. Came came to uh, to the Bundesliga when he was just twenty, straight out of PSG, and was expecting, I think, to be a world class player, um, a, a, at least an elite player. Um, and has probably, I wouldn't say fallen off the rails a little bit, but it's been a lot harder than I think he envisaged. Um, and so that's the level of play that we're talking about here. Like, regardless of whether or not he is going to go on to be an elite player, we don't know. But he is in that sort of class of player who could do that if he turns his career around. Um, so I think that there needs to be a certain amount of level-headedness to it. But 
um, I think you balance that off against the fact that he's coming into a side managed by Marcelo Bielsa, a manager who has has generated the careers of, of lots of young players, uh, particularly players who have needed grounding, and he's actually done that for them. Um, interestingly, one of those players is Benjamin Mendy, Mendy yeah. um, who was there on on Tuesday night um, with with JK. So. Sorry, Jean Kevin. Um, <laughs> this is this is going to become a hard work now. So I think you know that's that's the thing. That's the thing you have to balance. Yeah, yeah. If you look at his stats and stuff, he's he's obviously not performed as well as you would have wanted him to perform. But that's why he's in this situation. Had he performed as well as you wanted him to perform, yeah, he would not be signing for Leeds. So uh, you take it with a pinch of salt, I would say. But I'm I'm very excited because I think that that drop off in uh, ability is is a probably a result of one moving from one country to another when he was only 20 years old um two struggling i think leipzig are a pretty strict team um in general so they have they're very strict about how players behave and i I suspect he is a player who likes to um sort of push around the the limits and boundaries of what's allowed anyway um um and also he went to he's been at clubs where he won you're not going to knock Timo Werner off off the starting out of the starting eleven for for RB Leipzig. You're not going to knock Josef Poulsen out of the starting eleven for Leipzig. He then goes to Monaco. Monaco have had a, a nightmare of a season. So I think when you add all of those variables together, then you have to be like, yeah, look, we we have to be level headed about what we should be expecting here. But there is the chance that he is absolutely brilliant for Leeds as well. So and that's what that's the sort of gamble that the the, the club have gone for. Daniel, are we going to be facing an argument over the course of the next couple of months here on the Leeds United Fan Show, whereby the opening argument every time we start the show is, oh, can JK and Patrick Bamford play up top together? I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) I hope we've buried that uh, kind of argument. Um, Yeah, no, I I don't think so. Um, Because I think it seems like they've got different skills and that's what Bielsa wants, I think. Um, With Inketia, he was kind of a different, more direct, more pacey. I think we're I don't know too much about JK. <laughs> merging the two. Um we don't I don't know too much about him, but he seems to be more direct, more, you know, pacey going through the middle. I think that's the kind of difference in in the attack we need. But I hope I hope I to come back to it, I hope we do bury <laughs> bury that argument because it's gonna be one or the other. We just know that. Um the the slightly worrying thing is that obviously Bielsa needs people to get up to speed with his um kind of methods and he's already said in the first press conference that it's going to be a month uh, that he's going to need of training that doesn't mean that he's not going to be on the bench obviously but uh, we do have seven games in February I checked and uh, that's (laughs) see this is is another thing for me with Bielsa I know this is the Leeds United fan show and I've got to be careful about what I say but the whole nature of the show is that you guys are here to (laughs) he's already pulling off the signs (laughs) are here to you know dumb down my arguments and, and hit back at what I'm saying but I mean, that to me just seems a little bit crazy, for want of a better word, oh, that you're okay. signing that you're signing a player and instantly the manager is saying, and look, it could be genius. It could be that we see players who come in straight and then have to adapt to English football and they really struggle. And actually, maybe the answer is to turn around and go, actually, yeah, do you know what? We are going to keep you training for a month, get you adjusted to it. But at the same time, you're signing a player who eventually might cost you a lot of money and you're saying, no, nope, you're not going to play for a month. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends what you expect a manager to do. I think the the counter example of that is Ian Perveda, who's been brought in from City, and the the uh, um, the sounds that are coming out of the Leeds camp are that he one he's at match fitness already. Um, I think he's sort of he's at the sort of age where I think match fitness is probably the easiest to come by. He's also been playing at Manchester City, so he 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 is able to play in in a sort of Bielsa system. 
without, well, without a huge amount of uh, of training. So I think he'll probably come in quite quickly. So I, I guess the question then becomes, what, what what would you rather do? Would you rather bring in a player who is, like you say, a big player and, and throw them in too early and, I guess, one, risk get them getting injured um, or two, risk, I guess, knocking their confidence? Um, so I don't have a problem with it, partly, I think, because we that's what we've come to expect as Leeds fans. Like We know that that's the case. And we've seen, to be fair, we've seen with Helder Costa, he's, I mean, he's been playing for seven months and it's only, I think, recently that he's really started looking good in that system as well. So I think there's, there's a realisation by, I think, the Leeds fans that there is method to this madness and in the long run, it will probably work itself out. Agree with that, Daniel? Yeah, I trust Bielsa. <laughs> it's funny what he said on, on Ian Pervader as well, though, isn't it? Because Stuart Dallas has been praising him, hasn't he? He said that he's he's fitted into Leeds like a duck to water. He's really taken to it. But Bielsa did come out, didn't he? He said there are two methods. You've got your social adaptation, but you've got your, your method for working, and that's going to take time. You know, it's all very well him having fun with the players, but until he shows the fans what he can do on the pitch, that's completely useless. We had a, uh, on our Patreon site this week, I interviewed Ellis Riley, who's a, a coach in the US, who last season went to a Bielsa training session. Um, and it was just really fascinating listening to him talk because he was saying, the stuff that those guys have to go through in terms of preparation is just unbelievable. He talks about um, a session where there the, 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 there are mannequins on the pitch uh, and the Leeds players have to stand by the mannequins, but then they shout out a number which represents um, a, a zone on the pitch or whether the player that has the ball on the pitch and stuff, and they have to rotate into into a different position um, mm-hmm. as, a, as a, a different structure as a team. And, and they were doing that for 15 minutes, he said, and just sort of sprinting every and 20 seconds and then returning to their original positions. And it's that kind of attention to detail where the, the realisation is as soon as a player has the ball, everyone knows where they have to be. Uh, people know exactly what the, the triggers for presses are. Everyone knows exactly what... what when and and um, when not to push forward, when to rotate, when to interchange, and I think that's the that's the reason, uh, because I think it's not just people. People say, "Oh, how long could it take for someone to um, pick up a system?" As though it's just sort of like, "Well, you're going to run this channel." And I think it's just way more complicated than that because the system is holistic. Because everything in, in in the system has to be in the right place. As soon as one person can't do that, then it becomes it negatively affects everyone else in the team. I think so. I think that's the the reason why that is done. Um, and I think that's why um, Bielsa won't play uh, a player unless unless they are going to do that. Because if you do press and and the new player doesn't know when to press or who to press or where to press, then you just end up opening gaps and and the whole thing falls to pieces. Okay, well, it's Wigan up next, of course. They got a great win in midweek as well against Sheffield Wednesday. Adam Pendlebury from the Progress with Unity podcast will be joining us. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. It's the Leeds United fan show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? Daniel Moroni in the studio with us too. Wigan Athletic up at the weekend, gents. A 2 0 victory earlier on in the season. And a nice little omen in that Patrick Bamford bagged a brace, didn't he, on that occasion? He bagged a brace earlier on in the week as well. Can we hope for Patrick Bamford to bag another brace this weekend, Daniel? If it's sub six yards, yes. Because <laughs> that was the I think that's the common factor with that Wigan game. Um if I remember it was he ran it in <laughs> for the second goal. I think it came over and he, he literally ran the ball in. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> He is very much a fox in the box, isn't he? Yeah. When was the last time Patrick Bamford scored a goal outside the area, Mr. Statman? Um 
I think that he has done that this season. I think it was against a team whose name began with B, but I can't call it to mind. He had a uh, a left-footed shot that he sort of stroked in from. Well, maybe I'm thinking of Bolton last season, but. I'm pretty sure he has scored. I should know this, really. But uh, you say that he's a fox in the box. He actually has terrible stats in inside the box as well. He's missed quite a few, a lot of his chances that he's missed have actually come inside the box as well. Right, OK. So that makes that he's just not a very good player then. Because if he's yeah, not, he he's may not be doing fox, well in the box when he only scores inside the box. He is a fox, but maybe not in the box. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he isn't even a fox. Wouldn't so have I thought he'd like foxes, really. Yeah, well, he exactly probably hunts them in his yeah. uh, free time. So. <laughs> That's alleged, by the way. Uh, John McKenzie <laughs> saying that. Uh, we're going to move on. Now it is time to speak to Adam Penelbury. Opposition View. The Opposition View on Love Sport. So, Wigan up this weekend, gents. Adam Pendlebury joins us on the, line, on the line now from the Progress with Unity podcast. Hello, Adam. Hi, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you, buddy. Great to have you in the studio. Big game this weekend for you guys. Just four points adrift off that safety zone. Now, that was a massive win in the week against Sheffield Wednesday, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've, done the, we've pretty much done the exact opposite of what's been happening to us all season. Um First time we've scored a goal in injury time, and yet we've conceded five or six goals in injury time. So um, maybe we are turning the corner. <laughs> and this weekend, the boys have been talking about the fact that you know games coming up for them over the course of the next seventeen games in the season. A lot of it, a lot of that uh, that fixture run is against teams in the bottom six. Wigan are, of course, one of those. Lost pretty comprehensively against Leeds earlier on in the season. Have you got any hopes for this one? Uh, Oh, I, I guess not. not really, no. <laughs> All right. uh, low, low expectations. They always be a pessimist, but then you're never disappointed. <laughs> um, well, I guess I guess the only one we're clinging to is the fact that we didn't have any hope last season, really, uh, going into the game. Um, and I guess you, for you guys, that was was kind of a bit of a turning point in the season, as it was for us as well, because uh, we went we went on a, a very good run after that, and obviously stayed up quite comfortably. The only hope I would say is the fact that we have put some decent performances in this season, although the results do not seem to indicate that. So there's a few games where I think we've been deserving of more. So like Nottingham Forest, they were a decent side. We should have won there, really. Uh, we should have beaten Derby twice. Um, so there's been a few games where we've put the performances in. West Brom at home, you know, and actually I think that's probably started West Brom's demise as well, which is good for you guys, I guess. <laughs> Hi Adam, it's John. Um, yeah, thanks for mentioning Hi, the mate. the game from last season. We've still got PTSD from that, so um, we're now we're now <laughs> well, all shaking. Remember, we don't win many away games. So they're easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we're both now shaking in our chairs here. So you've uh, you've at least got one <laughs> right, victory yeah. this weekend. <laughs> I do, do apologise. It's okay. Um, I just wanted to ask a question about Paul Cook because uh, Marcelo Bielsa has always been very complimentary of Paul Cook as a manager, um, and uh, particularly his tactical um, acumen. Would you agree with that? Are you happy with the way that, that Paul Cook has had you play? Uh, it's a difficult one for me. I mean, I, I've, I've, a lot of the fans this season have kind of turned against him. I would say that uh, before the Sheffield Wednesday game, I would say it was a, probably eight, 80% of the fans were sort of basically wanting a change at the top. But I, I've been a little bit more sort of reserved. I think it has been mitigating circumstances. And I, and I agree with you. In certain games, I think he's... He's done really well tactically. I mean, 
Um, like last season, he, he obviously moved a few things around for the uh, when we went down to ten minute leads. Um, he, he did something similar against Derby at home, and we dominated the game with uh, with, with ten men. Um, he's got it there, but I don't know. Sometimes on occasions, it, it just seems like um, he just wants to launch it long, which is not our style at all. And I don't think it's Paul Cook's style. And I don't know if it's a bit of panic because the results are not coming. But that's certainly not a tactic that's going to get us a lot of points. Just launching it long to keep them all because it's just it just doesn't work. It doesn't suit the rest of our players really. So he's, he's shown glimpses of uh, good tactical nights, but not consistently. So it's, a, it's an odd one really. Yeah. Mm. Do, do I still want him at the club? Probably yes, because I don't think there's much better out there for me at the moment that we could afford. Other areas where he can improve. I think I think there are really. I think he, he can be quite stubborn as well, which is is not necessarily a good trait. So um, great to get a compliment from such a good manager. Mm. But, uh, uh, let, let, let's see let's see what unfolds in the next few weeks. Just looking at the way that you've set up for most of the season, it seems as though you've played a sort of steady four-two-three-one. Um, are you expecting that's going to be the way that you'll play against Leeds this weekend? Yeah, I would expect so. Yeah, keeper Moore's come back in the last couple of weeks, so he'll be like the uh, the, the focal point. Um. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 